Well, hello, everyone, and welcome. I am so excited that we can worship together today. Now, some of you may have seen me around Calvary before, but for those of you who don't know me, my name is Caitlin Mapes, and I am the high school director here at Calvary. And this week, we are continuing in our favorites series, where a few of us get to share our favorite messages, uh, Bible stories, or just what God has been putting on our hearts lately. And as of last week, I've actually officially been at Calvary for one year, and I love what I get to do here. Calvary has an awesome group of high school students and leaders, and it is such a blessing to learn with them and do life with them. So today I'm excited to share one of my favorite stories in scripture with you, how it's impacted my walk with Jesus and how it shapes my interactions with the people around me. And it's the story of when Jesus encountered the woman caught in adultery. And in general, I love stories in the Gospels about when people encounter Jesus. Because we see in most of those, those stories that when people meet Jesus, everything changes. And I think that's so true in this story, too. So if you have your Bibles close with you today, or if you have the Bible app downloaded on your phone or a tablet, I'd love for you to open up to John chapter 8. And we are going to be looking at verses 1 through 11 today. And so right before this story takes place, we see Jesus teaching in the temple to crowds of people. And a Jewish festival was taking place, and throughout the festival, Jesus hints in his teachings that he is the Son of God. And at the end of the festival, he proclaims to the crowds that he is, in fact, the Messiah. And the Pharisees, or teachers of the law, get upset, and they want Jesus arrested. And that's where the story picks back up. So starting in verse 1, it says this. And Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives. But early the next morning, he was back again at the temple. And a crowd soon gathered. And he sat down and he taught them. And as he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. And they put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says that we should stone her. What do you say? And they were trying to trap him into saying something that they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and he wrote in the dust with his finger. And they kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again and he said, all right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. And then he stooped down again, and he wrote in the dust. And when the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. And then Jesus stood up again, and he said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. And the reason I love this story is because it's so packed with so much application and meaning. And I feel like every time I read it, I walk away with something different or new. 
And I think that's what makes it so powerful. There are different perspectives, different motivations, and different heart changes that happen within this one story. And I believe this story does an incredible job of helping us understand that when people meet Jesus, everything changes. When people meet Jesus, everything changes. And in order to understand that, we need to break down this story and walk through each character or group that encounters Jesus. The Pharisees, the crowd, and the woman. And how each of them walks away with a new perspective. So again, we see a few different people encountering Jesus in this story. But the group that I want us to focus on first is the Pharisees. And so like I mentioned earlier, the Pharisees were a group of religious teachers and leaders who knew and practiced and enforced religious laws. And they had an issue with Jesus because he was proclaiming that he was the son of God and could do things like forgive people of their sins. And they felt threatened by what he was saying and who he said he was. And so looking back at the passage, we see that Jesus is teaching in the temple. And the Pharisees were looking for something that they could use against Jesus in order to get him arrested. So they interrupt him teaching to the crowd by dragging in a woman they had caught in the act of adultery. And the Pharisees spent their whole lives studying and memorizing the different laws laid out in the Old Testament. So they already knew what the punishment was for adultery. And so in that moment, they remind Jesus and the crowd that if there was to be justice, which the law said there needed to be, she would have to be stoned to death. And then Jesus pauses, and he takes his time to answer them. Maybe to give them a chance to think about what they were saying and think about the outcome that they were hoping for. But then he responds with something that they can't argue with. That they need to look at their own sin before looking at hers. And I think in general, when we read stories in scripture about the Pharisees, they're usually painted in a bad light because they were not only against Jesus, but Jesus was constantly proving them wrong and calling them out. But I think that we forget that the Pharisees truly believed they were in the right. Here's this group of men who truly believed that they are following and upholding the law, and they believe that justice needs to be served in order for God to be glorified and society to thrive. And they're so focused on that that they miss what's important. And so I think when we read about the Pharisees in this story, we see that where they are demanding punishment, Jesus then steps in and calls them to rethink what is most important. Because if we think about their method, Stoning the woman as punishment would have meant, meant the end of her story. And Jesus was saying that justice looked different than how the Pharisees saw it. And maybe what was honoring to the Father was stepping in to the story 
instead of ending it. And maybe in that moment, justice wasn't the need for restitution, but maybe it was the need for restoration. And Jesus calls the Pharisees to rethink what they believed was most important. And because of how Jesus handled that situation, the woman was, an, was invited into something bigger and walked away changed. And I wonder how many times I have been like the Pharisees in that story and gotten that wrong. I think right now we are living in a world that is quick to condemn, but is also experiencing a lot of tension and division. And that combination is not a good one. We are divided on politics, on COVID-19, on mask wearing, on school policies for reopening. And how often do we engage with those kind of conversations ready to fight and ready to expose people for how, how wrong they are instead of thinking about the bigger picture and what's most important, that they know that there's a God who loves them. And the second group of people is one that takes more of a background role in this story. And it's the crowd that Jesus is teaching in the temple. And so again, this group of people were sitting in the Jewish temple listening to Jesus. And in the middle of him teaching, the Pharisees show up with this woman they had caught in adultery. And after the Pharisees demanded that Jesus give an answer as to how they should handle it, everyone stops what they're doing. And the Pharisees wait for Jesus to give an answer. And the crowd does too. And the people listening in, in that moment, knew what the expectation was. They knew what was going to happen next. And the Pharisees had reminded them of their role in what was going to happen next as well. And a lot of the people in the crowd had probably already reached down to grab a stone as they waited to see what Jesus would say. And again, Jesus pauses. Maybe to give people the opportunity to think. And maybe to see if anyone else had something to say. But then he tells the crowd the same thing that he tells the Pharisees. That they need to look at their own sin before condemning the woman for hers. And when I've read this story in the past, I've usually glanced over Jesus' encounter with the crowd. And I think it's because at face value, nothing exciting is happening with them. All of the drama seems to take place with either the Pharisees or the woman. And as I sat with that observation, I realized that that spoke a greater truth into what was going on. In this story, the crowd is doing what crowds normally do. They're going with the flow. They're going with whatever is happening and waiting for someone else to take action. And again, we are talking about how when people encounter Jesus, everything changes. And Jesus not only calls them to examine their own sin, but I also think he's introducing them to a new way. 
He's saying that what they've known doesn't have to be the expectation anymore. And not only is Jesus showing them a new way of engaging with what society says is the expectation, but I also think he's calling them to engage, to do something about it. And I wonder how often we have been like the crowd and been complacent in the face of a situation that calls for action. And I think a lot of us do this with our faith, too. And unlike the crowd, we often know what our next step is, and we often know the way and the new way that we are called to walk in. But we're not willing to step into it. And with everything happening in the world right now, there is a constant need for us to not only walk in the new way that Jesus calls us to, but to show others this new way as well. And so again, we are focusing on the idea that when people meet Jesus, everything changes. And we see how Jesus' encounter with the Pharisees leaves them rethinking what's most important. And we see the crowd being introduced into a new way and being called to walk in that. And last but not least, we also have the woman who was brought in before Jesus. And the passage says that she was caught in the act of adultery, which means that she was in the act of adultery when she was taken by the Pharisees for judgment and punishment. And she probably didn't have time to grab something to cover her body as she was being dragged out of the home that she was in. And then she's brought to the spot in the temple where Jesus is teaching, and she's thrown in front of the crowd. And the Pharisees demand an answer from Jesus as to what they should do with her. And then Jesus pauses, and he stoops down to write in the sand. Maybe to take the attention and the eyes off of the naked or partially naked woman standing in front of everyone. And I can't imagine what the woman was thinking or feeling in that moment. She knew the law and she knew what was probably going to happen next. And she didn't know Jesus, but she knew that he was a teacher and so he would probably side with what the law required. And she felt hopeless, ashamed, and afraid as she stood in front of the group who would decide if she lived or if she died. And then Jesus speaks. And everything changes for the woman in that moment. And again, the Pharisees are called to reprioritize what's important. And the crowd is called to a new way. And this woman walks away with a new understanding of her value. Jesus knows who she is. He knows what she's done. But this is how he responds. In verse 10, after everyone has walked away, he asks her, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? And she says, no, Lord. 
And then Jesus says, neither do I. So go and sin no more. See, Jesus does not see her for her sin in that moment, but he also calls her out of it. He sees her as a child of God that he is willing to and is going to die for. He sees her as valuable. And everything changes for her because he calls her to more. Jesus calls her to more. And this is the part of the story that I think is the most powerful for me. Because I've experienced a calling like this before. So when I was a senior in high school, I stepped away from my faith. And I stopped going to the youth group that I used to be so invested in. And I stopped seeking the Jesus who had once been so real and important to me. And when I started my freshman year of college, I was living a life that was not honoring to God or myself. And I was making choices that were not reflective of the person that I used to be or the person that I wanted to be. And I felt so stuck in that season of my life. Until one day, I received a Facebook message from my old middle school youth pastor. And he was inviting me to be a middle school youth leader. And I remember in that moment thinking about how unqualified I was and how many mistakes I had made, and how I was probably the last person that he should be asking. But I also think that he knew that I was struggling. But he also knew that I was capable of more. And it's because of that invitation that I started pursuing a career in ministry, and a huge reason why I am in ministry today. He offered me an invitation to remember the God who loved me instead of condemning me. And because of that, I was able to experience the love and mercy of a God who was calling me to more. And I think this story is unique because I think a lot of us can identify with one of the characters or groups in the story. And maybe you're watching today and you identify with the group of Pharisees. And maybe this season has brought out something different in you. And you've allowed something else to motivate how you treat others. And maybe you're struggling to know what's most important. Or maybe you're more like the crowd and you're in a season where you've felt complacent. You haven't felt motivated to take action either in your faith or in the world around you. Or maybe you identify with the woman. You've been finding value in other things and maybe living a life that you're not proud of and you need to encounter the God who calls us to more. Wherever you're at today, I still think that this idea is true. That when people meet Jesus, everything changes. And so today I want to walk us through an exercise that can help us encounter Jesus in this story. And so I'm going to read this passage again, but before I do that, I want you to take a moment and reflect on which person you think best represents the season of life that you are in. And as we read this passage, I want you to imagine yourself in the story 
in the place of either the Pharisees, the crowd, or the woman. Think about what you would see, the things that you would touch, the things that you would hear. And I want all of us to do this together. So I'm going to ask all of you right now to close your eyes. And I know this might feel a little bit different, but I really want you to imagine yourself in the story. Even for those of you at home watching right now, go ahead and close your eyes and imagine yourself in this story. And Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives. But early the next morning, he was back again at the temple. A crowd soon gathered, and he sat down and taught them. As he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought in a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery, and they put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery, and the law of Moses says that we should stone her. What do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something that they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. And they kept demanding an answer, so he stood up again and he said, All right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. And then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. And when the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. And then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. How are you being met by Jesus through this story today? And what stones are being thrown in your life, either by you or at you? The interaction Jesus had with the Pharisees helps us understand that sometimes we need to rethink what's most important. Sometimes we can get so caught up in what we think is true that we are so quick to throw stones that we forget that the very source of truth in this story chose to show love and mercy. And so maybe in this season where there is so much division and so much hatred and so many opinions, maybe God is calling you to first choose love, to value the person in front of you. And the interaction Jesus had with the crowd helps us understand that sometimes we feel pressure to throw stones. And we forget that there's a new way that God is calling us to walk in. And in the midst of our confusion, God is calling us to think and engage in a new way. And maybe you are in a season where, you're, where, where you either don't know what this new way looks like for you in your faith. Or maybe you do know the steps that you need to take, but you're holding yourself back. Calvary's last series, Dangerous Prayers, gave us a few ideas on how to engage with what this new way could be. 
We were encouraged to pray prayers like search me, break me, and send me. And we learned how powerful those prayers can be when we trust in the God who calls us into a new way and trust him to work in us and through us. And maybe God is calling you to continue praying one of those dangerous prayers and see what he'll do in your life. Or maybe you're watching today and you feel most like the woman in the story. Maybe you've been living a life that leaves you feeling empty or ashamed or hopeless. And maybe the, th- the stones are being thrown at you. And maybe you're waiting for someone to come along who sees that you are valuable, who sees that you are more than your mistakes, and who calls you to more. And the story of the woman caught in adultery shows us that Jesus doesn't see us for our sin. He sees us as people that he died for so that we could have a relationship with him and choose to draw others into that encounter as well. And what I love most about this story is when all of these people encountered Jesus, when they encountered the truth, all of the stones were dropped and they laid there on the ground because they had encountered the God who showed them what's most important, the God who introduced them to a new way and who called them to more. And wherever you're at today, we can have hope in that truth. When people meet Jesus, everything changes. And how are you going to let him change you? Let's pray. God, I just thank you so much for the kind of God that you are. God, I thank you for for scripture, for stories like these where we see your love in action and we can learn from that. God, we are living in a world that is divided and it feels like stones are being thrown in every single direction. But God, I pray that we would be reminded about who you are and the kinds of things that you valued and the ways that you showed love and help us to walk in that new way as we do our best to glorify you every single day. God, we thank you for this time. And it's in your son's precious and holy name that I pray. Amen.